Welcome, bowlers, to another edition of Talking Bowls, proudly sponsored by the Three Little Ducks in Bowery P. Uh, it's been a little bit of a while since we've had a bit of a chat about uh, Penn and Southern Tasmania, so I thought this episode will have a look at what's going on. There's only four weeks left in the season. Uh, today's interview is with David Douse, who was who bowled very well at the state championships. It's good to get his perspective about uh, how he was bowling then. And we'll just have a bit of a look at what's coming up and a couple of things that's been in discussion about uh, bowls pennant. So first of all, let's look at the uh, premiership. We've got four weeks to go. We've got Glenorchy Rodman on top by 22 points over Sandy Bay. They're four points in front of Beltana, who are 12 points in front of Kingborough. Um, and then just outside of the four is Bucks, only seven behind Kingbra and Rosny, who are, uh, what's that make it, 22 points out of the four, probably the only six teams that can still make it. Uh, I'd say if Rosny loses a game, they're probably out. Um, but with Sandy Bay and Bucks playing each other this week, uh, Rosny and Beltana playing each other this week, uh, everyone's still within a chance of making the, the four it's going to be a really close battle. I think Rodman's pretty much got the top spot sewn up, and they've been everyone's pre-season favourites apart from themselves. They tried uh, convincing us that they weren't the favourites, but with the lineup they've got, uh, they're really starting to gel, and they're going to be tough to beat once again this year. Uh, Sandy Bay uh, probably aren't, aren't in favour of the doubleheader after losing a couple of games, but uh, they've got players coming back. I know Benny Dayton's about to make his return to the top team. Uh, he'll strengthen that lineup, and uh, if they can return their, they'll turn their season back around this week against Bucks. Uh, they probably only need to win two of their last four should be enough to to get them in. Beltana only just won one of their games on the weekend by one shot over Delta City, and then had a loss themselves. So Sandy Van Beltana are both kind of just uh, falling off the pace of well, falling off the Norky Rodman's pace. They're still well in front of the other teams. Um, but if they want to get that second chance and finish in second spot, uh, it should be a good finish. Uh, Kingbrew, Bucks and Rosny, they were three teams fighting it out. Kingbrew uh, ended up the best of the, the weekend. They probably didn't think they were going to be after um, losing to Norfolk, but then beating Bucks at home after... Uh, beating Bucks at Bucks after Bucks had defeated Rosny meant that um, they walked away at the weekend the best team out of those three. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, if you have a quick look at the skips ladder, uh, Cameron Tegg and Dave McLean lead the way. They're both on 24 points. Uh, Josh Mab uh, is on 23 points. And Mickey Daniels from Beltana is on 21. So they're the four skips that are bowling well. And it's good to see four different clubs represented. I know previous seasons we've had one or, or usually one club might have two or three skips really dominating. So there are skips across the board that are playing well, which is great to see. We'll look in depth a little bit more about the last three weeks. Probably next week, I think. Like I said before, depending on how Beltana, Rosny Park and uh, Sandy Bay Bucks goes, will really shape which teams have a legitimate shot of making the four. Um, but we can't um, go on without looking at the bottom part of the ladder because it's a, a really interesting situation where uh, Dermot City have uh, got uh, eight points between them and Dover as well as uh, Claremont. So eight points between the bottom three teams in Norfolk, only nine points in front of them. So it's really close for the teams trying to survive in the competition, not just at the top end, but at the bottom end. So 
every game is crucial, which which is great to see. Uh, so the Northrop actually played Derwent City this week, so you could imagine if Derwent City uh, win that one, um, it really puts New Norfolk back into the relegation race as well. Claremont played Rodman. You'd, they'd think they'd probably be happy if they walked away with four points. They'd probably go out and win it now and just uh, prove me wrong. And Dover played Kingborough, and they actually moved that indoors. So it's going to be a uh, an interesting week. And like I said, we'll focus in on, on the Premier Division next season with three weeks to go. Looking at Division 1, uh, Brighton find themselves on top on 137, seven points clear of Jeeveston, nine points then to Sorrell, 12 to Howrah, and then just outside the four, St John's are 10 points outside the four, uh, Royal Hobart are 16 points outside the four, followed by Bucks, Bosnia, Beltana and Hewanville, and it does look like Hewanville, who find themselves 20 points from the bottom, are going to struggle to maintain their spot in, in Division 1. Now, this week sees Brighton play Jeeveston, which I'm going to say now, whoever wins this will get promoted. The reason I say that, Brighton have already got seven points on Jeeveston. If they win again and create a further gap, I think they're, they're good enough to maintain their spot and will get promoted. However, if Jeeveston win, that'll put them, depending on the scoreline, say it's 10-4, they're only one point behind Brighton, that puts them uh, right up there, and they don't have another game against a team in the top four. Brighton still have to play both Howrah and Sorrell, um, who are in third and fourth, whereas uh, Jeeveston have got Bucks, Rosney Park and St John's, who, whilst not at the bottom of the ladder, are all outside of the four, and I just think they have the, the easier run home. Uh, Sorrell, Sorrell themselves only have to play Brighton from the top four, and they do get to play Huonville at the bottom of the ladder, so they're not without a shot, but I'm, I'm going to call it now Brighton versus Jeeveston. Whoever wins this week is the team that's going to get promoted. Now, both those teams have had two skips that are playing really well. John North has earned 23 points for his team. However, Tommy Coulson for Jeeveston is undefeated. He, he didn't play, I'm not sure if he didn't play, or he didn't skip one game. But the 13 games he skipped, he's won all 13. So Tommy Coulson's in red-hot form for Jeeveston, which is great to see for them. And it uh, should be a, a great battle. If I, if I wasn't playing, it would be a worthwhile game to go and see. Uh, so good luck to those teams. Uh, in the lower divisions, we'll just quickly have a look through. Division 2, uh, Cremorne find themselves on top, 134, two points clear of Rodman, uh, and then eight points clear of New Norfolk. So Cremorne, uh, a couple of games at home on there, um, synthetic, if they can get those two, and maybe one away, should maybe just sneak over the line against Rodman. Now, Division 3, Taruna has scored more points than any other team in the division, so they're on 158. Glenorchy Rodman in the Premier Division on 149. So 158, 12 wins, 2 losses. Um, they're well clear, 23 points clear of Oatlands and 25 points clear of Power. Uh, and Taruna's great form, Andrew McKenzie, the only skip in any division to have won 14 from 14. So he must be on fire and his rink must be playing really well. I'm pretty sure Andrew... Is, uh, has won a Southern B-grade title as well this year. Uh, Division 4, Glenorchy City, with their new synthetic this year, a 15 points clear of Brighton and another two to Harrow. Division 5, look pretty much down to New Norfolk and Orford. New Norfolk 137, Orford 126. Division 6, Harrow is four points clear of Glenorchy City. And in the Challenger, uh, Bucks, New Norfolk and Camorna within eight points of each other, so it should be pretty close. That's how the, the other divisions are looking. What I might do now is uh, let's have a, um, 
played an interview with uh, David Douse, who's kind enough to give up some of his time this week. And uh, let's see what he's got to say about the state championships and also Derwent uh, City in the parent competition. And uh, this week, our interview for Talking Bowls is with the uh, only Southern Tasmanian player to win a uh, state championship uh, in the first week of January for the men and the women. Uh, not only did he win one state championship, he, he won two. And, uh, of course, I'm talking about David Douse. Welcome, David. Uh, now, if we go back to that week and uh, relive it a little bit uh, for yourself, uh, first of all, you, you won the fours final. Uh, if we just go back to the semi final against uh, Lee Strainer, tough opposition to play against. Oh, definitely, definitely. I rate uh, Lee very highly. Uh, one of the better bowlers in Australia, as far as I'm concerned. So, never far away. Uh, either shot, draw, or up shots. And you must have been pretty pretty pleased with the way uh, your team played to get over the line, because not only was uh, Lee skipping, but uh, Rob McMullen, uh, Pete Bannister, Darren Monks, all uh, high-quality players. Oh, definitely, definitely. It was one of the toughest, uh, tougher events, uh, tougher games out of the whole lot put away for this uh, competition. Uh, well, you did get a, a bit of an easy draw in the final, playing against someone uh, might have been me. But uh, you... The way your dad played in the, in the final was uh, was pretty impressive. Have you, have you seen him play uh, that well before? I've seen him play very well in the uh, coastal singles back in his heyday. Yep. He won two pretty close together for memory. I think, uh, I think Glenn Biffin going back to the late 80s, he won one against Peter Laws, and I can remember that. It must have been great to be able to play with your family, and, and so it wasn't only your first day title, but it was your dad's as well. No, that's not correct because uh, once we checked it out, it's probably open, but he did win a state uh, Tasmanian Master Pairs with Tasmanian. Okay. Yep. And he also won a triples when it was back in where you were ahead of the club coastal and then play against the North and South. And that was yep. back in the late 70s with Dallas Bifford and Greg. Yep. Well, Greg. But it was good to get your, your own first title off, off your back? Oh, definitely. I've been runner-up a fair few in pairs and, and uh, forwards, so it was nice to get over long. And uh, speaking of the, the pairs, it was um, a bit of a long day for you, the, the post-section of play. You had those, the three games and the one day of crossover pairs, but... Uh, in the semi-final, you had a, a decent win, 20-9, to nine, against uh, two high-quality young players, Brad Gibson and, and Michael Sims. Yeah, definitely. It was a long day. Uh, I was out there to 20-8, uh, and uh, we didn't play the last two ends. So, huh. Yeah, it could have been a, a little bit later. could have been 8 o'clock. And Timmy was playing very well? Yes, he was playing well, definitely. Uh, he started a bit scratchy, even hexagonal. He's not bowling very well. <laughs> he's not drawing well. But uh, the longer the week went, the uh, better he went. How much banter was there between the family? Sometimes a bit of arguing about which shots to play or if someone wasn't bowling well. Is it, is it a bit easier yeah, to give your family a kick up the backside? I stayed well out of it. I went, uh, <laughs> we did, and Hector, being his age, his age in June, decided to sit on the chair and have a rest. And yeah. I stayed back. And then Greg and Timmy saw the shots. Very good. And then uh, against uh, Fiddler and, and Kane in the in the final, it was a 
was an enjoyable experience to have. I guess it was almost a culmination of your week. You, you played of pretty much every day, and then to play that the final the same day as the singles final was that a good way to to wrap it up and win that second title? Oh, definitely. It was pretty relaxed because I knew I'm back well, so it was a pretty uh, playing a very good spirit. Yep. And uh, I've known him for many years, so yeah, it was uh, there was no nerves there because we were all relaxed. And, yep. Yeah, it was uh, nice to play someone that I knew so well. Excellent. Now, on on the back of those those two titles and yourself playing very well, you've uh, got yourself back into the the southern side. You must be pleased to find yourself back in the team. Yeah, it is nice to have another go. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure why I was put out, but uh, that's the way it goes. Obviously, selectors uh, see it differently, but there you go. Now, it's a good good way to, to put your name uh, back in the mix by uh, adding a couple of state titles. Now, if we just have a quick look at the um, speak about penance now. Currently, Derwent City, despite winning on on Sunday, still find themselves on on the bottom of the ladder. But it's only eight points behind Dover and Claremont. You still give yourselves a good chance in being able to um, survive the the relegation battle. Well, we'll put we'll be putting that this uh, foot forward. I think we're starting really yeah click well. Yeah. As a team now, and we've got to pick up a few new players so. Uh, and the size, the rings are more balanced yep. and more competitive right across the board. Where we were struggling with one, what was letting us down, and, and uh, that happened before Christmas against Rosny, where one ring went down, number three, one that we went down overall. Yep. So, uh, yeah, now we're more balanced. I think we're more competitive. I think we'll give most teams a good run. And you must be also pleased with the way you've been skipping. You, you find yourself uh, sixth on the skips ladder. You've, you've won nine from 14, plus 60, so... You must be happy with how, how you're bowling and, and the players you've been playing with in your rink. Uh, yes, yeah, we're, we've uh, really clicked. We've got that group uh, together. was a little bit different earlier. And uh, I think we've balanced pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah, actually it's eight wins and two draws, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. That was a bit lazy yeah, by me. I just saw the 18 points. But that's uh, thanks for picking up on that. I do like to be precise. So, uh but uh, best of luck, uh, hoping hopefully you do survive, or I hope all the clubs survive. Unfortunately, someone's going to go down, but uh, hopefully you put in some more good bowls, and uh, I'm sure all the South are wishing the best playing for the um, Southern side. I know even though the men can't win their challenge, the overall standings are, are still uh, uh, the South are in front, so uh, best of luck with that, and uh, hopefully continue your good form. Yeah, thanks very much, Dave. No worries. Thanks to David for doing that interview and it was interesting, I, I spoke to David off the air and Bowls Australia have confirmed that that is the first time a family has come together to win a state title in all of Australia. So that is uh, simply, I, just, I think it's brilliant, it's great to have that that record take place uh, in Tasmania. Um, so well done to the Dath family, they've been uh, winning everything left, right and centre at the moment with uh, Greg Dowse and Rocket Horton taking out the Penguin pairs as well. So they're, they're on fire at the moment, so I'm going to hopefully don't have to play them for any time soon. Speaking of state championships, the entries for the state triples close in a couple of weeks' time on the 19th of February. So if you're going to travel up to Devonport, sorry, Devonport to play in the state triples, uh, make sure you get your entries in by then. Um, it's being played on the long weekend, the 7th to the 9th of March. Uh, so hopefully we can uh, have some southern players head up and, and take out a southern take out a state title.
another thing you need to try and make sure that your club does is that the champion of champion the singles this year in Southern Tasmania, uh, you need to enter by the 4th of March. Now, um, the event is played on the 16th, the 20th of, March, 20th of March, and usually what happens is if you haven't got your club singles played by then, if you speak to the players that are still in it, they're all keen to enter them. Um, they're pretty, they've been uh, okay in the past for letting the club enter and then making sure you're ready to go on the 16th to the 20th of March. But try and make sure your club singles is finished. If your club uh, hasn't got their act together, I think it's going to be fair on the players to make sure that uh, you can do this because this event is the probably the only true event where you can actually find yourself playing in a, a national competition because if you win your club singles, go on in the Southern Champion Champion, State Champion Champions, represent uh, Tasmania in the National Champion Champion. So uh, make sure you get your club singles played. This weekend sees the next round of the Open Statewide Challenge. So good luck to all the Southern players that have been represented in both the men and the women. In the overall challenge, the South are, are pretty much dominating. We're on 235 points, Northwest 166, and the North 154. Now, that uh, lead is mainly on the back of the Southern women, the um, senior men's side, and the senior women's side are all in first place. The women are doing a great job. They're on 66, uh, followed by 30, the second place on 32. And the senior women, similar, similar thing, 53 points, followed by 33. Uh, the men are in second place, the juniors in second place, so we haven't had any of the disciplines really let us down um, and, and fall behind the wayside. So we've got a decent lead in the overall challenge. The North, who are in third, obviously get the bonus this this round of uh, having the second side also earning themselves points, so they'll be out to try and get as many points as they can. I saw their side on, especially I saw the men's side on Facebook and it looked particularly strong. Um, so... It'll be interesting to see how, how they go, but best of luck to the um, Southern Bowlers playing on the 8th of February. Now, the last two things I thought we'd quickly mention is the two things that Bowl South are seeking feedback on. And I think it's a good idea that if you do have an opinion either way to to get your to submit the feedback back to Bowl South, otherwise um, they're not going to ask people if people aren't keen to, to reply. Now, first of all, was the double header. Obviously, we had the double header last weekend instead of playing the long weekend on Australia Day. Now, I'm pretty much, I don't really mind. I said on Facebook, I pretty much put it to my wife what she prefers. And some people, it was great to get away for the Australia Day weekend and then play um, two games in a row. But for some people, the back-to-back games on the Saturday to Sunday was pretty, uh, pretty taxing for them. And some said, they weren't really able to enjoy the, their Saturday night or whatever it was. So um, either way, there's a um, Ross Bannister's posted on Facebook um, asking for replies as to as to what you thought to get a general consensus. So if you've got an opinion, um, give it. The other one is the survey on open gender bowls for both Saturday and then it also talks about a midweek pennant. There's also questions on the Premier and Premier divisions and Challenge divisions set up. Uh, so once again, it's really important for um, players to get back to their clubs and say how you felt, and then the clubs can feed that back to, to Bolstad South. Um, I've been pretty open with what on my thoughts with the open gender, and I think that the discussion's been been had over and over. So you've obviously got your opinion. Um, get it back, feed it back to your clubs, and the club can push it back to 
kind of false out and we can get an idea of what people are thinking. I just once again hope that um, Bowl South and Bowls Tasmania make decisions based on what's best for the whole sport. I think some of the surveys people will answer what's best for them, not necessarily what's best for the sport. So it's good to get the feedback, but hopefully we can also uh, then make decisions that, that just make the sport better and can continue to grow. Uh, that's it from me. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed the episode and uh, should be able to put one together next week. Uh, once again, thanks to Three Little Ducks for their support. They're able to keep the uh, both the website and the, the podcast site running and uh, spread the word. If um, if people aren't on Facebook, tell them to Google uh, Talking Bowls Podcast by putting in those three words into a Google search engine. It should come up number one on their search and then they've got access to all the episodes that, are, that have been recorded. So thanks for your support in listening and uh, good luck on the weekend if you're playing and if you're watching, uh, get along and, and cheer the good balls. Cheers.